Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore Issue Podcast or Twitter at just the Issue Podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Friday, August 14th with another episode of The Issue. And we have a pretty good episode for you guys today. We're going to get into, uh, where is this? Yeah, a little bit of uh, AB to the Rams. A little talk there. Um, Getting to know some some college football, some comparisons. We got a little game yeah. at the end of the thing. Have a game. It's, it's a really exciting episode, I guess, today, you know? Yeah, you'll get the news, some of the biggest stories, uh, Mookie Betts, and uh, – His you know. 3M or game, what an insane. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we'll kind of dissect that a little bit, but yeah. We will uh, – we'll get you everything today, basically, a little bit of everything. Yeah, but, pretty um, much. I'm going to get into uh, – I'm going to just get into something here that I saw – Online, we do this a lot on the show where I see an article and I, you know, pretty much say just how wrong and stupid it is, basically. Oh, it's called um, take almost? Yeah, just, I, I mean, that's how we start every episode this. I, I give my, my two cents on something that uh, that I either disagree or, or agree with. Um, and today I, I full-heartedly disagree with this um, with this article I found on CBS, CBS Sports. There's an article that said, like, people... College football players who are hurt by missing the season. Usually, obviously, it's Big Big Ten players and Pac-12 players right now. And, I guess, MAC and uh, Mountain West and Ivy League. But I don't think any of them were included in the players listed. But um, So, it said Justin Fields was the first player on that list said it that he's hurt. That, like, their, um, his draft stock is hurt because of the season being canceled. And I'm just saying, no. Um, even going into last year, before he even exploded, the conversation was always Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Those are the two That's quarterbacks. Those are going to be the first two quarterbacks taken. That was before he even took a snap last year. I mean, seriously, if everyone knew how good he was. It's not like it was like a secret. Um, coming out of high school, he was the number one recruit. He almost beat out Jake Fromm, probably even should have beat out Jake Fromm at Georgia. And the only reason I think he didn't, it was just because he was young and Jake Fromm knew the offense and was reliable. Yeah. Um, but Justin Fields is an in- incredible talent. He was obviously going to be the number two quarterback taken off the board. Um, I would say Trey Lance is a really good, a really, really good third quarterback off the board as well. Um, I don't think he's Fields yet, um, although they're comparable in size. They're both around 6'3", 225. Um, but Fields is just incredible. I mean, 3,000 yards, well, actually over 3,000 yards, 41 touchdowns, only three interceptions, and he added 500 yards and 10 more touchdowns on the ground. I mean, he's he's the future of the NFL, if you really look at it. I mean, look, Lamar's mobile, um, Russell Wilson's mobile, Kyler Murray's mobile. Patrick Mahomes is mobile. Patrick Mahomes is even mobile to an extent, you know? He, he um, has a lot of that uh, misses the uh... – Avoiding the rush. Yeah, he, he's very good at put up uh, pocket manipulation um, and when to leave and when not to leave. He's just fast enough. He's just just quick enough. And that's what he is. And that's that's exactly what Justin Fields is. He's not a prolific runner. He was actually a little bit banged up last year with his knee and everything like that, so we didn't really get a full chance to see it. I would say he's a better runner than, than probably Mahomes, um, but I wouldn't call him like a run-first quarterback like I would call Lamar, to be honest with you. 
But Fields, is he's prolific. He's insane. I mean, his pass rating, college is a little different than pro, but it was above like 140 or something like that. I mean, he was insane. Um, I, I think Lance is also very good. He's similar size, similar stats, but he just went to an FCS school. I kind of want to see. I think I think Justin Fields is a little more battle-tested. battle, battle tested. Um, That's why I would give the edge Justin Fields over Trey Lance. But, I mean, he's always been a consensus top 10 pick from the start of last year. Um, as soon as you saw him play a fir- the first game against, I don't know, probably some no-name team that they played. But it was obvious that he was going to be a, a, the second quarterback taken. After Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, right after Trevor Lawrence. He's great. I mean, yeah. he's really he's a really good – Really, really good quarterback prospect. I mean, people think that the gap between Lawrence and Fields isn't even all that big. I I tend to think that Trevor Lawrence is head and shoulders above everyone else. I think Trevor Lawrence throws a better ball. I think I Trevor think Lawrence is just better in all in every category. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like let's go down the line real quick here. Size, Lawrence. Yeah. Arm strength, Lawrence. Accuracy, Lawrence. Feet, Lawrence. Feet, Lawrence. Um, I would say running ability and running vision. I would give the edge to Justin Fields. It seems like he's I'd give Justin um, a little bit better of a runner, um, fucking and, cuts and in and out and all like that. And even a running physicality. He's more physical of a runner, too. Than, yeah, he, he's not afraid to put his shoulder down, which I think actually he shouldn't do, to be honest with you. I think Trevor Lawrence is smarter by getting yeah. out of bounds and, you know, getting avoiding what he the, can take. You avoiding know? the hit. Yeah, Justin Fields will take the extra two yards, but bang, bang his head right into a, a like, linebacker. Yeah, like a linebacker. Like, what do you, I wouldn't do that. Um, but I, I really like Justin Fields. I don't think this hurts his draft stock at all. In fact, I think it helps. Um, maybe not his draft stock, but I don't think anyone's draft stock is going to be affected because of this. I mean, maybe like the people like Joe Burrow who would have popped, you know, because Joe Burrow without that that past senior season, it would have been like a sixth round draft pick. Yeah, because he went what nineteen touchdowns, like eleven picks the year before. Mm-hmm. Okay, like he would have been like a fifth, sixth round draft pick. So now those people, those people, that, that hurts them. Like Dorian Thompson-Robinson from um, UCLA, he was on that list as well. I agree with that one. I'm not saying that he would be a sixth-round pick. He's more of a third-round pick. Um, he's super athletic. I think he is also where the NFL is going. But it just hurts him because he hasn't really gotten a chance to fully show it yet. Um, so that will hurt him. But I don't think it hurts Fields at all. It gives him so much time to prepare, time to rest. Uh, his knee was kind of banged up. Cartilage was a little – Little worn thin. He's got time to time to recoup. I think he's going to be. I think this helps him. I really do. I don't think uh, NFL scouts or NFL teams are going to hold this against anyone. Um, they you got plenty of film on Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. You got plenty of film. He was on the show on Netflix. Like you got plenty of things to see if you want to see Justin Fields. Search it in YouTube. You know, you don't need to. You don't need to see him beat Purdue and see him beat Northwestern. And see him beat Michigan State. Okay, we know. We know what he's going to do against these teams. All right? Um, it's not really a big deal no. that he that he won't be able to play. Um, draft-wise, it's not going to hurt him, I don't think, at all. Um, but I'm also really excited to see the top three quarterbacks in this next draft. I think it's going to be um, Lawrence Fields Trey Lance, and then Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Brock Purdy is even a really strong fourth. Sam Ellinger will be in that conversation. Um, it's a really well-rounded quarterback class this coming year i'm excited to see those top three though for sure yeah it'll uh it'll be exciting to see honestly like an ellinger i could see him falling to uh to pittsburgh sam ellinger yeah i could see i wouldn't mind it i could see him coming into a pittsburgh type uh offense and and trying to at least get him in 
a year or two before Ben goes out completely. I still think we should have made a, a stronger run at Jameis. Yeah. I know that you, we were talking know. about this. I don't like that. We'll go a little sidetrack here. Um, I think I think Jameis Winston would be would have been perfect in in Pittsburgh. Seriously, okay, like obviously he was going to be a backup this year. I'm not saying that we should have taken him and started him immediately, but he's got a strong arm. If you actually look at young Ben Roethlisberger and Jameis Winston, they are very very similar quarterbacks. I know he threw 30 interceptions, 33, and he still had an 84 passer rating. 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions last year. Yeah, okay, if he can cut that down to 20, his pass rating goes up to – and he still can throw for that many yards and that many touchdowns, I don't know. I, I mean, he, his career pass rating is at 87. It could be worse. He's better than Mason Rudolph and Doug Hodges. That, and I, I know you hate Hodges. I can't you can stand agree. Hodges. Okay. You can agree that he's better than both of our backups. Yeah, yeah. And you can also agree that he has more upside than both of our backups. He does, but would he – yeah. Okay. Well, he's signing – we would sign him for the minimum. He's getting a million dollars from the Saints in the third string – Spot we could sign him for like nine hundred thousand dollars. He would be a good backup. And I'm I'm telling you, if you look at Big Ben when he was young, Jameis is mobile. Big Ben used to be mobile. Believe it or not, Big Ben yeah, used to actually used to. be mobile. Yeah. Both can improv very well. Both are hard to bring down. Both have a strong arm. Both are risk taking, gun slinging type quarterbacks. Although Ben never threw that many high, that many interceptions in, um, in a season. He still has that gunslinger type of mentality. I mean Ben. He will not get discouraged. Have you seen some of his uh, – just some of his games where he's he's thrown like four interceptions in a game? Like that's not outrageous for Ben to do. He's going to keep throwing it. He's got the gunslinger mentality, which is I think what Jameis has. I don't think it would be crazy. I mean, look at – 23 in a season in uh, yeah. what, 2006. Ben in 2006, 23 interceptions, only 18 touchdowns. He had more interceptions than, than touchdowns. So, I mean, seriously. Um, 2008, he had 15 interceptions, only 17 touchdowns. Like, even look, in 2018, which he threw for over 5,000 yards, he had 34 touchdowns, 16 picks, which is still pretty high. And his pass rating was still almost a 97 pass rating. Yeah, I mean, I, de- I definitely can see the argument. For- and I could see how he Ben could cater to Jameis a little bit, you know, help him. Ben is Ben's going to be an all-time quarterback. And he, I don't think Ben would also – feel threatened if you brought in Jameis Winston, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be a, a problem. I don't think he would be like, whoa, this guy's here to take my spot. No, no, no. Yeah, in like three or four years. Listen, man, I'm behind anything that gets rid of Doc, Doc Hodges, man. Yeah, you, you I like can't him. stand him. I didn't understand the hype around him. Look, you always say that, like, I don't have a reason to hate him because nobody was expecting much, but that's just simply untrue. Like, he played that first game and everybody was – Freaking out! It's duck season, baby. Yeah, but that's not his. I know, but it just hyped him up so much, and then he just comes out and plays like absolute. I can't say it because this is a clean podcast, but you know what he I went to Sam for. Yeah, I don't like anything to get rid of Hodges. If we, if Winston, fine. I want to bring. I'm saying it's not crazy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's not. That that's crazy. all I'm saying. Okay. It wouldn't be all that crazy. Yeah. But still talking about an ex-Steeler, we're going to get into here. Isaac Bruce says that the Rams should sign former Steeler Antonio Brown and believes that A.B. would take them to a different level. Um. Okay. He would. Offensively, that would be a huge addition to the offense. I made a pros and cons list. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on. My first thing, as soon as I hear you say just that first little blurb, uh, blip there, you said Isaac Bruce says that the Rams 
should sign Antonio Brown. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a little crazy to say that, but whatever. He then goes on to say that uh, he believes that AB would, quote, take the team to a different level. Okay, see, here's my problem with that. That is extremely misleading because Antonio Brown, talent was never – like, that's not an issue, Isaac. That's, yeah, that's not the Like, question. he would take – Every single NFL offense to the next level. Yeah. Like, name an offense. Like, literally go down the list. The Ravens, obviously. Steelers, obviously, would make them better. I know if he came back. Bengals, um, be a the huge Bengals, target for Burrow. He would obviously make them better. Browns, obviously. Colts, yeah. Like, go down the list. Everywhere like, think of, issue. like, the worst team you can imagine. The Bengals. Okay, he would take them, their offense to, of course, the next level. Can you imagine Joe Joe Burrow throwing to Antonio Brown and AJ Green? That'd be crazy. Or could you imagine even Dwayne Haskins in, in Washington, Terry McLaurin and, and Antonio Brown? I mean, he's taking every offense to the next level. That's my problem. But keep yeah. going. I know you said you so, made a pros and cons list. I did. I made a pros and cons list about A B here. Pros. We're gonna start with the pros. Before I bang on him too much. Well, yeah. He's a great receiver. Okay, nobody's gonna argue that. He is a great receiver. He's a great route runner. He has insane playmaking ability, and he's a hard worker. He, he is. He works. Oh, really he's hard. got a great he work. Has, ethic. He has a great work ethic, and he's he's been a great receiver. Oh, he, he was dominant. He's a first first team All Pro in 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017. He made the Pro Bowl in 2011, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. In 2015, he had 1,834 yards. In 20, what is that, 18? 2017, averaged 109.5 yards a game and averaged 9.4 yards per target. He is a great receiver. I mean, his catch percentage. He's just, he's incredible. He doesn't drop the ball. He doesn't. He's just a very, very good receiver, but that was never the problem. No, that wasn't the issue. The Problems are mainly what happens off the field, and now we get into the cons. Already going to be suspended for eight games. And this article here that, uh, you know, is talking about Isaac Bruce wanting to sign or says that the Rams should sign AB. Um, it's saying right here uh, his eight game suspension will go into effect on September 5th, the date of the final roster cut down. But there's also a chance that suspen- suspension could be extended if further violations are found related. Okay. Which would we be surprised? No, because nope. his civil lawsuit is scheduled for September 15th. So if new things come out there, that's the sexual harassment and sexual assault lawsuit against him. Yeah. So that's a con. <laughs> that's a pretty that's big a problem. Like if you're going to sign. If you're going to sign that guy and he, you're not going to have the big weapon you signed for literally at least half of the season. Then what's the point? Number two on his cons, his mental health. Okay, I don't. I think we've seen a totally different side of AB here in the last two years than we've known in Pittsburgh for the entire ten prior or nine yeah, prior or whatever of his career. When he first got to Pittsburgh, and even in the 2014, 15, 16, 17 seasons, he was just he was everybody loved him. Everybody loved AB. You never heard he was of a great guy. Him. I mean, yeah, he was a little cocky, yeah, but he, like. He, he his, deserved it. He was the best receiver in the game, and he, I don't even think yeah. it's close. He kept his head down. He grinded. He worked hard. But then when everything started falling falling apart. For the Steelers, when we especially couldn't beat the Bengals. And we couldn't win any playoff and games. And Le'Veon Belden wanted to come and play. Yeah. And yeah. 
he started just abs. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what happened to him. But for cons, I literally just wrote down mental health. I mean, like it's it's a real thing. I'm not yeah. saying like maybe that's not his fault, but maybe he should go get some assistance with that. You know? Yeah. Because if he could straighten that part out, he'd be a girl. The rest of this is kind of the rest of the list is kind of based off of the mental the health. mental health thing. If he can. Figure that out. The rest of this can kind of fall into place. Yeah, because next on the list, his lack of coachability. It's that's a, a big issue. That's a problem. I don't think maybe that, I don't think that's mental health. I think that's kind of being a little too full of himself. Yeah, and I think that goes right along with the next two. He doesn't gel in the locker room with the players, um, and he's selfish. If you don't get him an, enough targets in a game, he's going to get upset. He will, and he's also um, like selfish and, and jealousy. He he started taking shots at Juju, who was just trying to get better. He was a rookie. He 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 posted DMs of Juju when he was like a freshman in college, trying to get tips from AB on Instagram. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. Why why are you doing that, man? Like, come on, seriously. So it's just it's that type of stuff. Yeah, it really is. If you can fix that, and then at the he's very just not a leader. You know? No, at the very bottom right here, I have in all caps. He's not a team leader. He's not. Yeah, can he take an offense to a different level? Yeah, to an extent, you're going to have that talent added for sure. You're going to have a lot of talent that gets added to that team. But one thing that you're not going to have, he's not a guy that's going to be able to just lead the team through tough times. Because when things get tough with A.B., he quits, complains, and just whines the entire time. Yep. That's who he is. That's who he's made himself out to be. And that's why he's not a team leader, and I don't think the Rams should sign him. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm all for – Wishing people the best, but the way he screwed over Pittsburgh, the way he screwed over every other team he's been to, just he just hasn't been good, you know? No. Like, he just hasn't uh, – it's just not – I don't think the baggage is worth it. And especially – I know Sean McVay is like a genius, genius coach, but no one really thinks of him also as that stern locker room figure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think – honestly, I think the only place – if he can't – if New England caught him after a week, I seriously don't know if he can go anywhere. No. Maybe Andy Reid, who – on the Chiefs, could you imagine that? That would be – The reason I would say Andy Reid is because he seems like he's got the right balance between hard work and dedication and, and kind of getting on you when he needs to get on you. And you know what? And also, like, I want to say love because it's kind of, like, weird in professional football between two grown men. But, like, he'll put his arms around you and say, hey, man, like, great job. Like, he – I think he's got a good balance. I think that's what makes Andy Reid such yeah. a good coach. I think he might be able to benefit from that, but I, I'm just a little bit skeptical because if Bill Belichick and Tom Brady can't make it work, I mean, seriously. Yeah, that's an issue. Um, but, like, I could see him in, in Kansas City, and they could probably get him because they could sign him for, like, minimum. Yeah, and which any, anywhere you can save money and get a weapon, they're going to. And because now with Mahomes, and they signed Travis Kelsey. They have Kelsey, they have Mahomes. They, Chris Jones locked up. Jones, and They're going to have to pay Matthew. That receiving core would be crazy in Kansas City. Yeah. With, one, with the best quarterback in the league. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but that just about wraps up this segment. Make sure you listen and stay with us yeah. for the next segment. We're going to have the news, and we're going to have a little Would You Rather with Joe Burrow and some other young quarterbacks. So stick around. You're not going to want to miss it. What up? We are back. Second segment here on a very exciting Friday. Yep. Always, always good on a Friday. It's always a great way to end the week. Yeah. I mean, Fridays are just fantastic. Um, 
give us a nice weekend to recoup and I get yeah. some, get the AFC North to you. Ooh, uh, excited, Monday, excited on Monday. No, it's sad though because I'll be we're gonna start doing more phone podcasts, guys. Yeah, sorry to break um, the news to you this way. Yeah, we'll just break the news now. Uh, you know, I'm moving back up to school, moving into my apartment. You're staying at home this semester this year, so have, uh, it's a little, a little bit tragic. Little, uh, yeah, it's, it's COVID, you know. You can always blame COVID for it. That's um, that's exactly who I'm blaming because that's exactly whose fault it is. Yeah, we're gonna try to get you at least one in person a week. Yeah, I would say. Uh, yeah. either if you come here, I come there. Yeah, um, or maybe even twice some weeks, depending on the workload. But uh, you know, still gonna be good. Either still way, gonna be exciting. You're still gonna be getting the podcast. Still so, gonna be fun. Uh, um, just making do for now, you know. Yeah, uh, and it's temporary until we can, uh, you know, get back together yeah. more often. Which will happen at some point. Oh, yeah. Be back to how it is now. But we'll get into some news here. It's we very have... exciting. Mookie Betts. Dude's just insane. I mean, he had a down year last year and hit like 290 with like almost 30 jacks. You know, he's just <laughs> a really, really good player. That's coming off an MVP season the year before that. So, I mean, um, he had three home runs last night. Uh, that's his sixth career three homer game. <laughs> Matt, that's just insane. He's just he's only animal. the third player to ever do it. Um, Sammy Sosa and Johnny Mize, they're the only other two players. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame club that he's in. That you is know? an elite club. And I like I like looking at clubs. Like if you th- here's the thing about like uh, like Hall of Fame type of like resumes and stuff like that. If you're in like four or five of those like really elite clubs, like you have a you have a good ballot. You're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like that's you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that obviously is insane. He's only 27 years old. Too. That's, he has so people much forget about that. that. He's 27, and I would that I mean the record is six six career three homer games, and I'm gonna go on the air now and say he's gonna shatter that by the time he's 30. And even then, he's still probably gonna play for another five years after he's 30, maybe even six, seven, whatever. Um, he's just so young. Knocking on wood that he doesn't get hurt, obviously, and uh, something happened. But he's just so young and so good. Yeah, I mean it's insane. He's he's batting three nineteen, seven home runs, fifteen RBIs so far in uh, in twenty games. Such a great talent. He's just so good for the just so good. For it the it was just exciting to see, especially he hit that first one off Chris Chris Paddock, which that, is uh, a pretty one. new. Uh, he kind of burst on the scene last year for the Padres, and uh, there was a little beef between the Padres and the and the Dodgers. So that was pretty cool to see him just hit an absolute missile. None of them were cheap. No. You're telling me off the air, none of them are cheap home runs. They He killed them all. Yeah, if you look back at all those swings, I know, uh, I think it was either MLB on Instagram or ESPN did a mashup of all the three home runs in uh, in one shot. I'm going to try to find it here. Here it um, is. You found it? Yeah. Yeah, pull that up and play it. Turn the volume up a little bit. I mean, he just killed it off. Oh, you can hear it right off the bat. I mean, he killed the ball. Yeah. What was that on? Was that uh, on MLB? Uh, yeah. Yeah, MLB's Instagram. And the first one, he took 94 miles an hour from Chris Paddock on the outside corner and took it about 400 to right center. Next one, he took 95 at the letters, throw with the left center. And the third one, took a hanging slider and absolutely punished it. It was insane. I mean, he just hits every pitch, and he hits every pitch so well. He's really good. 
He's just, he just really is good. really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, we can also get into Travis Kelsey. You know, speaking of really good, yeah, I would call him the second best tight end. I would say George Kittle, George Kittle, and Kelsey. For yes. Sure. Um, Travis Kelsey just like I said, he's just really good. Mm-hmm. He's just very, very, very good. Uh, he gets signed for four years, fifty-eight million. He doesn't block quite as well as Kelsey, but or um, doesn't block quite as well as uh, George Kittle. But I mean, just prolific at catching the football. Hey. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes, that's his safety valve. So whether you think skill-wise he's a top three tight end in the league, it doesn't matter because to Patrick Mahomes, that's his safety valve, that's his target. And uh, whatever you got to do to make Patrick Mahomes happy and whatever you got to do to bring his weapons back, you do it. Yeah. I mean, my big thing, you know me, everybody that's been listening, um, my big thing, I always harp on it, is consistency. And Travis Kelsey is very consistent with catching the football. He, he is. Just, I mean, he just doesn't have a lot of down years. You don't see him drop a lot of balls. A lot of 50-50 balls that are going up, he's he's coming down with them most of the time. He's just a very consistent player, and consistency at that level is what's going to set you apart from everybody oh, yeah. else. It's not like he's consistently average. No, he's consistently no. a top yeah. three tight end. Yeah. And he you just know? does it every single year. Oh, he's just very, very good. He's yeah. a very, very good I mean, tight end. I think since... he deserves that money. I think he's he gets he should probably even deserve more. I mean, yeah. him and George Kittle are neck and neck. I would say George Kittle, like I said, is a little better just because he's basically like an offensive tackle. He is. They can on catch run the plays, on run plays, he's an offensive tackle that who's more athletic can get out and block linebackers and, and DBs a little better and just as strong. <laughs> Oh my God, he's a horse! And also, by the way, he can, you know, run a four or five forty and and catch the ball with the best of them. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so I would give him the edge, but still, I would give Kelly awesome for awesome for Travis Kelsey. Yeah. He deserves it. Congratulations! Um, awesome for Patrick Mahomes. It's a good day for Patrick Mahomes too. Getting one of his weapons back. Absolutely, Love, he loves to see that uh, coming falling right back into uh, Kansas City. One hundred percent. Into a little bit of hockey here, yeah. just kind of keep you guys updated on the playoffs. Going well. Uh, right now, actually, the Canadians are slapping the Flyers, in case yeah. you're wondering, which is, I, you know, I'm not rooting for the Canadians because, you know, they beat us, so that kind of sucks. But I'll, uh, I'll root for them over the Flyers any day. So always good to see the Flyers getting getting whooped on. Oh, I love bit. to see the Flyers get manhandled a little bit. Um, they are up, though, in the series 1-0. And uh, the Canadians right now winning 4 nothing with 11-17 left in the third period. So yeah, looking um, like they'll be okay to to tie that series at one. Yeah. Um, Vancouver, Vancouver and St. Louis. Vancouver leads one nothing on the West. Um, also in the West, the Dallas and Calgary series tied up. The Canucks have just been owning the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Have you been watching any of those games? Yeah. I watched the Canucks and the Blues play on Wednesday, and they the Canucks just looked Canucks so looked good. really good. Yeah, they looked um, really good. The Avalanche looks really good too. They, they beat the Coyotes. They're up. Um, two nothing on the Coyotes. Uh, the Islanders came back. Was it, I think four unanswered, three unanswered to beat the Capitals. Good. Love yeah. to see the Capitals get beat. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, Carolina beat Boston. Even that series at one. And uh, Chicago once again lost to the the Knights. The Knights are up two nothing. And uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets after that five that I mean just gut wrenching five overtime loss to the to the Lightning. They come back. And uh, tie the series at one. So, a lot, of, a lot of very interesting series, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, something to keep an eye on. The Islanders took down the Capitals in Game One of their series. 
Yeah. Islanders lead that 1-0. Yeah, I think, um, they, I think they scored. I said they scored, I think, three or four answer goals. Yeah, and, I mean, the games that have happened today already, Avalanche obviously over the Coyotes, uh, that's over. Montreal just scored, so it's 5 nothing. Okay. Montreal. Montreal is absolutely crushing the Flyers. And then you have just games to watch tonight, if anybody's interested. Uh, you have the Canucks and the Blues again. I would definitely recommend that game at 6.30, and make sure you're flipping the channels because at 8 o'clock, I know I'm going to be watching this one, the Islanders and the Capitals, um, really looking to see how the Capitals be a good game and how they respond. Yeah. yeah. Kind of got humiliated, humiliated there. Yeah. Like I said, I think they gave up three or four unanswered goals, which is just really not not yeah. like the Capitals, you know? Yeah, and then you got um, the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames who are tied at 1-1 one and one in the series right now. They play tonight at 10.30 out on the West Coast. Oh, yeah, the Islanders um, scored four unanswered goals. Um, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. They just yeah. absolutely manhandled the Capitals. Yeah. They have a lot of young four talent too. So, yeah, that was awesome. Awesome to see. Matt Barzell, absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had two assists. He's just a playmaker. Really yeah. fast, really good at such a young age. I like Matt Barzell a lot. Yeah. I mean, you look at the bracket here. I think, I think Montreal upsets Philadelphia. Oh, for the series or just th- today? For the series, I think Montreal. I'm thinking that's not really a bold take for you to no. take them today. They're up five nothing there. But no, yeah. I think Montreal <laughs> upsets Philadelphia in the series, um, and I think Tampa Bay beats Columbus, and I think it's going to be Tampa Bay and Montreal in that next round. Um, if I'm going to pick, I'm going to have to stick with Washington as of right now. They're only down one zero in the series. And they have a great team. Really good goalie, uh, too. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put Washington in the next round, along with Boston, who I think will beat Carolina. Um, Boston, very physical team, especially in the playoffs, pays off yeah, for a moment. Yeah, a lot of experience. Brad Marsham, Patrice Bergeron, yeah. Tori Krug, just a lot of playoff yeah. uh, experience there. Um, Vegas, I think the Golden Knights are winning that series. They're up 2-0 right now in the series against the Chicago Blackhawks. but. I think Vegas wins that series, and I think they move on, and I'm going to say they are going to play the Colorado Avalanche, which is going to be a very good series. Yeah, that's going to be really good. They're both Um, two very good teams. They like to fly around, skate around. It'll be fun. They're both very, very quick-moving teams. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I'm going to take the upset here in the next one and say Calgary Calgary. beats Dallas. Um, So Calgary's going to beat Dallas. They're going to move on. That series tied 1-1 right now. And then you have Vancouver and St. Louis. I do I'm like going, the Canucks. I'm going St. Louis. I like the Canucks. Defending champs, they're looking – they didn't look good game one, but I think they're going to rebound really well. I'm actually going to predict them to, to win – is it a four – is it a five game or a seven it's game It's best series? of seven now. That's uh, traditional best of seven. Yep. I'm taking St. Louis 4-1 in that series. Okay. I think I – think, uh... I think Vancouver pulls it out against the, the Blues, mm-hmm. and I think they go on to play. I guess we'll see. The Calgary Flames. But that's just my prediction. We're going to move in now to a Would You Rather with Joe Burrow or – And then a bunch of different young quarterbacks. And yeah. we are projecting this out for, what, five years, ten years? Ten years. We're going to go ten-year projection. Ten years. So if I want to take a quarterback to start my franchise and say, hey, man, here's ten years, see what we got. Yep. So okay. would you take Joe Burrow or Tua? Okay, Joe Burrow or Tua? I'm going Tua. Okay, why? I just think he's a better quarterback. Um, I know he's a little bit injury prone, but if he only plays 14, 13 or 14 games a year, that's fine by me. 
because I bet he wins 11 or 12 of them. And I'm good with 11 and 5, 12 and 4 every year. Mm-hmm. That's really good, you know? Yeah. And if that helps him stay healthy and then longevity, I'll take that all day. I just think he throws a better ball. And uh, his pocket manip- manipulation reminds me a lot of Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, obviously. Um, but just the the twitchiness and the moving around. Uh, also reminds me of Drew Brees a little bit because they're both undersized. Mm-hmm. But he's been compared to Drew Brees a lot with the accuracy and the size. And just, like I said, the, the the twitchiness and the the way he can manipulate the pocket, I think is way really, really advanced. Um, and I just like the situation he's going into better. I think Brian Flores is, has this team going in the right direction. They're building a lot of good defensive pieces. Kyle Van Noy, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. I just like that better. Two is not going to have to put up 40 points to win a game like Joe Burrow is going to have to. I mean, there's just not a lot of guys on that Cincinnati defense that I'll take. I'll take Tua in Miami, um, to be honest with you. I just think I just think he's a better quarterback. And like I said, I like his organization a lot better. I think that matters a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Now moving on, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? See, it's interesting because they're very – I think they're sim- more similar than we think. Um, they both kind of, I'm going to say popped late because Herbert started pretty much almost day one. Um, there he's a four-year starter. So I don't know if I would go pop late, but they both really put themselves into, you know, first round talks late in their careers, both senior year going into senior year. No one really thought either of them was going to be a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of popped and showed people that, okay, maybe they should be a top 10 pick. I- I'm going to pick Joe Burrow though. I just think Joe Burrow, they both pop, but Burrow popped for one of the best years ever, you know, mm-hmm. as a college quarterback. So yeah. I think that obviously matters. And I think he showed better, like, improv and playmaking and playmaking skills. Oh, 100%. Um, I, think, I think Justin Herbert's a little bit system quarterback-esque. You know, if the offense is there and everything's in place and his first target's open, he's just – he's. I think I could argue he's a, he has better accuracy and, and actually a better arm but he's just very, very scripted, you know. Mm-hmm. When he drops back there, he's got to he's got to get rid of it. He, he's not going to run around like, like I think Joe Burrow can, and uh, and make and make plays, throwing off balance stuff like that. Herbert's got to have a nice clean pocket. That's why I thought Herbert and Indy would have been a really good look on um, with their really good offensive line. Because if he's got a nice stable line, he can sit back there, pick you apart. He's got a strong enough, accurate enough arm. Oh, for sure. I just don't think this league. Um, defensive line play is getting better and offensive line play is getting worse. And I don't think he's mobile and playmaking-esque enough um, to be better than Joe Burrow. Yep. So next one, are we going to take Joe Burrow or Jordan Love? Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Joe Burrow. Um, Love just doesn't, he doesn't really impress me all that much. Um, I know a lot of people say he's got Mahomes type qualities, you know, with, with the uh, with the arm strength and stuff like that, but the thing is, his accuracy and his footwork worry me a lot. He just he's just very very raw, um, and accuracy and footwork are very hard to develop. I know people say, "Well, you can work on footwork." Okay, Cam Newton coming out of college, his problem was footwork and accuracy. Mm-hmm. He's a league MVP, which is what's still his his issue, footwork and inaccuracy. So I mean, I. I I, I'm just picking Joe Burrow. I think he's he's accurate, which is accuracy is so important, yes. so important, yeah. and, especially um, in this league, especially against the greatest defenders on the planet. I'm and just the- taking, yeah, I'm just taking Joe Burrow. He seems more poised, um, 
and his accuracy is way better. But I, I am going to say, I'm going to go out and say that I wouldn't be shocked in three years if Jordan Love sits for three or four years and he ends up being really good. He ends up being really good. I okay. just think chances are Joe Burrow is going to be a little better. I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be terrible. And, I just think it's a problem for somebody to build the team around too. So I just think it's a Joe Burrow's got that leadership type quality that I don't think Jordan Love does. Yeah. Um, yeah, chance, yeah. I'm just gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I would rather Jordan Love. Okay. Uh, or, I mean, Joe Burrow, not Jordan Love. I'm sorry. Okay. Now, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence is not even close. Um, you love Trevor Lawrence. I love Trevor Lawrence. I know that people say, well, Joe Burrow beat him head to head last year. Yeah, Joe Burrow also had like 24 draft picks. There's only 22 starting spots on the team, and Joe Burrow had 24 players drafted. Okay, people like, that's insane. Mm hmm. Um, LSU was an absolute – that was an NFL roster. It was. Seriously, Trevor Lawrence, as a freshman, led his team to a national championship undefeated, didn't lose till the, the championship this year. All right, let that sink in. Two years, didn't lose. And he goes for – um, okay, so, yeah, as a freshman, he goes for 3,280 yards, really good. 30 touchdowns, four interceptions, so very um, efficient. 65% completion percentage, which is pretty good. That's good, it's good enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as a sophomore, with all eyes on him, defense is knowing that he is the focal point. He then goes for 3,600 yards, almost 37, actually, 3,700 yards, 36 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That doubles a little bit. But actually, if you look at it, he had seven in, like, the first three or four games. Mm-hmm. The last half, the last back end of the year, spotless, really, really good. So it just continues to get better. And he's completing 66, 66% of his passes, and he tacks on 500 yards and nine touchdowns rushing. So he accounts for four, almost 4,200 yards and um, 45 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. That's just really good. You want to know what Joe Burrow was doing at that age as a freshman and sophomore? Sit down the bench. We couldn't beat out Cardell Jones. No. Well, Cardell Jones was just – a practice squad player. Oh, that he couldn't beat out JT Barrett. Well, why are you blaming him for that? Well, oh, that's right. No, J- JT Barrett's a practice squad guy. Actually, for the Steelers. Um, <laughs> JT Barrett can't even beat out Duck Hodges right now for a roster spot. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And Joe Burrow couldn't beat out JT Barrett. So I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a – he's already already has a better arm, already more accurate, already more athletic. And then just naturally gifted because he's taller, stronger, leaner. Mm-hmm. Taking Trevor Lawrence. Okay. And he's younger. Way younger. Not even close. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now Joe Burrow or Trey Lance to finish us up. Now people are going to be surprised at this. Um, but I'm going to take Trey Lance. Okay. And here's the reason why I'm going to take Trey Lance. Yeah, let's hear about that. Well, let's look. So let's look at all the people that we would call elite quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Okay. Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson. I would put Lamar. I would say there's like four. I would say there's three elite quarterbacks. Okay. Ross. No, no, no. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. I know. I know. I know I have Wentz above Lamar Jackson. But right now, I wouldn't put Lamar or uh, Carson Wentz as as quote unquote elite. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I would say I would put him right below there going into the season and last season. Um, and so what do, what do they all have in common? They are extremely mobile. 
Now let's look at guys who are not immobile, but not really, not really elusive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, then you get into Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. Um, like if Case Keenum starts, yeah, like anywhere. I mean, obviously he's not gonna start for the Browns. Like Baker Mayfield, um, like Ben Ryan Tannehill can run, but not known as mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, like or so I mean so so Trey Lance very very mobile, which we would put in the category of you know Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Very elite clubs. Really, really good. Even Carson Wentz. Really, really good quarterbacks. And then you get to that next tier who's not really mobile, but like, ah, they can move a little bit, which is exactly what Joe Burrow can do. Joe Burrow is exactly, I, he reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan. Not an incredibly strong arm. Throws a very, very good ball. Throws very, a very catchable ball. I very accurate. Was, I think he was on the list for uh, most catchable balls that Colin Coward made. But just... Just look at – would you rather have Matt Ryan or would you rather have Patrick Mahomes? Would you rather have I'd, Russell Wilson or would you rather have Matt Stafford? Right, I'd rather You know have what I mean? Wilson like, and Mahomes. I want these more mobile guys. And Trey Lance is extremely mobile. He added like – I think it was almost five – he had very similar stats to uh, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence running-wise. I think he added five, 600 yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in like 10 or 11 touchdowns on the ground last year while also throwing zero picks. Yeah. You know? Um, I think Trey Lance that that is the future of the NFL. Yeah, I, for ten years, I'm taking I'm taking Trey Lance. Okay, Joe Burrow. I mean, look, the last quarterback besides Joe Burrow drafted number one from LSU. You don't know who it is? Who? Joe Marcus Russell. Yeah, who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the biggest busts of all time. Do you want to know who the last two quarterbacks out of North Dakota State that were drafted? Uh, Carson Wentz yeah, Carson and Wentz. Easton Stay. Okay, and. Uh, Carson Wentz is a top. Carson Wentz is a top three quarterback in my eyes, top five, no matter what I think. And Easton Stick is a very good backup. Yeah. I'll take him over Jamarcus any day. So I'm I would rather the quarterback coming out of North Dakota State than I would coming out of LSU right now. I'm taking Trey Lance. Like I said, I think he's the future of the NFL. And we were talking before we went on the air that he could slip and fall into Pittsburgh's lap. <laughs> Seriously, the well, we have a first round pick this year, right? Yeah. I would not be at all surprised. Let me see. I mean, we'll go that. through the teams that need a quarterback. So go through just the Steelers division. No one in our division needs one. Go through the uh, AFC South. Titans, no, they just signed Tannehill. Um, the Colts, nope, they just signed Phillip Rivers. They have Jacoby Brissett behind them. They're, they're good for now. I don't think they're going to leap up and pick a quarterback this coming year. And they just drafted uh, Jacob Eason, who they're actually really high on. And then you go down to the Jaguars. Obviously, they're going to need one. The Texans don't need one. So we got one one team as of now that needs one. The Patriots might need one. So that's, that's two. The Bills aren't going to need one. We have the 16th pick this year. Okay, we have the 16th pick. In 2021. Yeah. The Bills, the Bills aren't going to need one. The Jets aren't going to need one. The Dolphins aren't going to need one. So we have right now we have two teams that need a quarterback. Um, KC's not going to need one. Sandy, or, uh, well, LA's not going to need one. Maybe Oakland, maybe, possibly, possibly, and and um, and Denver doesn't need one. Okay, let's go over to the AFC or the uh, NFC. Minnesota doesn't need one. Chicago might need one. The Lions don't need one yet. I don't think Chicago is ready to move off yet. So I don't even think Chicago That's needs one. Mean. I'm not going to put Chicago in there. I don't think the Lions need one, and uh, the Packers don't need one. 
over yeah. again. Giants just drafted theirs. They don't need one. They're going to give him more time. Same with Washington. They're not going to. They're not going to draft one yet. They're going to give Dwayne Haskins more time, especially under a new coach, Ron Rivera. I think he'll get better and show enough. They're not going to move off him. Eagles don't need one. Um, Dallas doesn't need one. They have Dak. Whether whether they sign him for big money or not, they still have Dak. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine. Yeah. Go over again. Um, NFC South. Saints don't need one yet. Um, they have Taysom Hill. But I think they're actually going to give him a chance. They actually. Um, they also have Jameis Winston. They'll be good. Um, who else? We got we got the Falcons. They're not ready to draft one yet. No. Maybe the Panthers. Maybe. I think they obviously might give Will Greer another shot. So right now we're at roughly four teams. Maybe. Maybe four teams. And we still have the sixth pick. Or the 16th, 16th pick. The 16th and there's three pick. elite quarterbacks. It is very plausible that the Raiders don't want one. And it's very plausible that who's that, who's that other team? That the, that the Panthers don't want one. So it's incredibly plausible that only two teams in front of the Steelers take a quarterback. And that leaves Trey Lance right well, there in your lap. Let's see what teams are in front of Pittsburgh in the draft. So 2021. Well, you also have to look at trading up and you have to look at draft stock. So yeah. like the the Patriots are technically behind us, but they have so much stock that they could easily bump up. And Jaguars, one. number one. Oh, yeah. They're obviously going to take Trevor Lawrence. Washington football team at two. Well, this is like a simulation. Yeah. yeah. Well, since he's not going to take one, no, since he won't, Carolina uh, might, maybe. Like I said, I would seriously be surprised if they did. Miami, Dolphins don't need one. Nope. Giants, Giants don't need one. No, nope, the Lions don't need one either. Jets don't need one. They have Sam Darnold. They're going to give him more time. They're also going to probably look to change their coach before they change him. Raiders probably. Don't. Raiders most likely don't need one. Cardinals. Cardinals don't, don't need one. And then from there, Chargers don't. Maybe it has the Bears taking Lance at fourteen. I seriously don't think they're going to. I don't think they take a quarterback yet. No, I think Pittsburgh takes him at sixteen. Hopefully, if they can, they uh, won't. They, they won't. They won't. <laughs> Hopefully, they do. They won't. Um, no, but that just about wraps up today's episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're going and checking out our Instagram and our Twitter. Our Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter is at. The issue podcast. Yeah, really, really make sure you listen uh, Monday because AFC North standings, home team Stillers. Yeah. Controversial Browns, Joe Burrow. You got Lamar and them down there. Little, uh, yeah. Super excited. Very, very excited for that. Make sure you listen to Monday's episode, but that's it for today. Thank you for listening to The Issue.